There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, this is Tyler Jones, and you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's happening, all my woods people? Man, it's a good day. It's uh, it's muggy. We've had issues with the windshield again, and um, <laughs> again, again. I think I mentioned that in the last podcast. You? <laughs> you guys are listening to KC Smith, by the way, co-host of the Element Podcast. This dude is a beast, and we'll talk about why in a minute. But right now, what are we doing, KC? Dude, we are cruising and backtracking because we just saw a toad on the edge of public. Toad. Toad I'm talking daddy. Freaking giant, dude. Freaking toad dad. Crawdad, toad dad kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> They're the same thing. Same thing, they man. They are. And Tyler is so hyped that he's making mistakes. It's kind They're, of crazy. <laughs> like We backed in this driveway to turn around, and he's like... <laughs> I don't remember what happened. It was just funny. <laughs> Dogs are chasing Dogs us. Dogs are about to eat us. He was oh, going crazy. I just hope Ooh. this deer's still here. Yeah, this road's kind of bouncy. Yeah, I'm going a little fast on it, I think. Nah, nah, you're good, you're good. But, yeah. Ooh, we got the so, public lands thing turned on. It's kind of tough to actually see that yeah, way. Yeah, no, I'll pull out Google just in case. But we got, we've got an idea, a very close idea where this buck is. Oh. But we wanted to turn around and get a better look at him. Uh, for the sake of figuring out exactly where he had just come out from bedding so that maybe we could put together a plan for opening day. And I'm telling you... I'm real glad there's actually a pretty good landmark right there where he's at. Yeah. Because we'll be able to find it again even... Because we kind of mentally noted where he was even though... I tried to drop a, a pin on Onyx, and I got, like, so distracted by looking at the picture of this deer that I didn't do it. Yeah. And that was a bad call. So... We, we uh, have made a few mistakes. Ooh, it's going to be tough. There's still a vehicular uh-huh yep so um so casey you might want to roll your window down if we Ooh, get some wind noise it's about to get loud we may cut this thing it's not quite yet still got a little bit i got water on my leg right now what's this from oh i'm wearing my pants from my colorado trip right now that i wore like four days straight hunting so 
Um, I don't smell the greatest at the moment. Would this help, or would this be too much? With my pants? No, it's not going to help at all. (laughs) With seeing some eyes, maybe? Mm, Maybe. Here, I'll give it to you to use at your discretion. Oh, I think I might be able to see him if he's down there. He's going to be wide, isn't he? He's going to be pretty wide. I got these binos somewhere. I don't see him. Dadgummit. We should have marked it, but no, I'm, I, I mean, this fine, guy, man. that's it, man. That's it. it. That's the spot. All right. All right, I'm marking so, it now. Map tools, add waypoints. I'm going to roll that window up, and we'll yeah. keep going here. Get back to podcasting. Yes. All right. <clears throat> so that he's, he's uh, we, we know where he's at. We just had to kind of double-check ourselves to make sure, but we, we didn't actually pick him back up the second time around here. So it's kind of one of those things where you're like 99% sure. But, man, what a giant. I've got a – I think I have a couple of pictures of them that we should be able to crop in. It was super dark, but hopefully we can crop in and be able to see them pretty decent. And um, if so, I'm going to put those at the end of the PLC uh, from this little trip that we've had. And we've been on a, a business trip today. Um, and so since we were out and we had time, we figured we'd try to make a swing by some – public at some point and and uh check a few cameras and that kind of thing and we checked a couple uh it's just too spread out to really get to get to most of our stuff today and so anyway what you thinking there looking at that map uh i think that there's a decent little pocket there that he could be betting in and i'm thinking that that could be a pretty good Saturday morning spot for us right there. That uh, might be the thing. It might be kind of tough to get to. We're going to get kind of creative maybe. Right, right. I'm thinking thinking along the same lines with you there. Yeah. But um, I bet you we can make it work. Man, that would be something if we just accidentally shot that deer on opening day. Ain't no accidents, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. So. Man. That's so. part of what we're going to talk about today is like our opening day strategy, and I yeah. think it may have really kind of changed a little bit. Look at that right there. Is it a yep. yote? It's a it stupid is. yote. Stupid little yote. Mm-hmm. Phone killer. Mm. Yeah. So the moon is high, and the things are moving right now. But for the past like week or so, things were moving in a different area of the Ooh. U.S. for you, KC, weren't they? Moving and grooving and jiving and Dude. thriving. Golly, man, why did I not go Dude, and sit behind you with the video camera <laughs> the whole time? So the cat's kind of out of the bag, but we'll leave it at that right now, and I will get into the story. Kind of part two and kind of just like another continuation of my 2018 Colorado elk hunt. Uh, Tyler, where did we leave off? I remember. Yeah, we left off uh, after an attempt that ended up in a splintered arrow, I yep, believe. Yeah, I missed a bull. I mean, uh, uh, I missed a bull that was at a long distance but deflected an arrow and then I came out to the of the the woods there and came and talked to you for a while. My parents chilled and took a big nap and the cold front blew on in and started drizzling. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Scott Wees <laughs> started drizzling, and man, I don't think you've got to experience this in the elk woods. But a weather change like that, you know, it's not just—it's kind of like they're kind of like whitetails, really. Like a weather change means a lot more to them than just like cold weather, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we were all pretty hype, but um, 
we didn't have a ton of time because I talked to you, talked to my wife, got some things done right quick while I had self-service and went back to camp. My parents had cleaned up and they were taking a nap. And we got pretty ambitious with our um, evening hunt, right? So mm-hmm. we decided we're going to cover like probably three or four miles in the evening, which is a lot for my parents. Um, and we were like, you know what? We are like two or three days left in the hunt. Let's just go for it. So we went to the place I killed my bull in 2016 because we know that that place holds elk. I mean, it's like we don't hunt a unit that's like super secluded or have wilderness. We don't hunt a unit that has like wilderness areas or super secluded or anything, but there's certain little pockets that we know of that you can go to that usually will hold elk and will get pushed to when they're pressured. And there's been some people around, so we knew that it'd probably be good. We have to hook way down to accommodate for the wind and get to where we're working into the wind and can hear and call into the wind. And we we park the vehicle and then walk a long ways and kind of drop down through a canyon, come back up and kind of get up on the next ridge and barely walk over. There's a small drainage over there, but it's got a spring in it, so it actually usually holds some water even though it's not very deep. Uh, we start working our way up this drainage. It starts raining more. I could stop for a while, and now it's back to drizzling and pretty much what you would call miserable. Um, <laughs> it was like 55 and drizzly, Oof. but what's cool is that you can get underneath those big spruce trees and like kind of hop from dry spot to dry spot and work okay. I was actually I was only wearing my Sitka Core lightweight top. Really? And um, not to do too much of a product plug here, but like that thing would evaporate about as fast as it would get wet in that light drizzle. So wow. is that I the stayed, synthetic? Yeah. Yeah. I stayed pretty dry, which was cool. Um, and I was comfortable most of the day. Uh, feet stayed dry. You know, everything felt pretty good. Um, and then the drizzle kind of lit up through the afternoon, but it was kind of always there. Kind of always like that, like you don't know if it's really a fog or a mist kind of thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, we work our way up. We bump a couple cows actually because they like were bedded like hogs do like back behind a big deadfall thing and and like we came around the corner like whoa there they are you know and we we're pretty disappointed about that really and they ran up the hill which we they never smelled us and it kind of seems to me that really elk have a couple levels of spook and if they can't smell you they ain't like truly spooked mm-hmm. i don't think they see as well as whitetails do man I just mm-hmm. or they're just not as alert or inept or something i don't know what it is but they run up the hill, and we kind of just slowly follow them because it's almost like one of those things, like a bumping up, where if you bump an animal from one place, uh, like even in the white woods, they're going to either A, come back to that later, or B, go to the place they do feel like they're safe. Mm-hmm. So if you can follow those elk, they're going to go to their safe spot. We work our way up the hill, following them, not really, just kind of end up on the same path as where those cows left out to and actually make it back to the bone pile of my elk in 2016, which you and I were there. Still there? At one point in time. Yeah. Huh. Still some stuff there, man. Huh. Uh, it's crazy how, I mean, those elk have bones the size of horses. You know, they're giant animals. Mm-hmm. And I stick around for a while. It takes a pretty good size animal to drag an old elk vertebrae away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or some hips. But um, we actually worked right up just higher, just a little bit higher to where... Um, I don't know, probably to about where we I was standing when we called in that bull. And we spread out, me and my parents do, 
and my mom and dad are together and I'm over here probably 50 yards to the right and we're just fixing it like I'm like kind of giving them the look they're giving me the look like fixing a start like one of our like going crazy calling sets you know mm-hmm. and from the top of the hill and we're like I look at my dad and my mom and they look at me and I like point and they're like yep so <laughs> we didn't even get the call we just head up the hill and from then on my dad kind of stayed back and tried to do some calling which I don't know I think I'm learning that that doesn't work unless you've got a single bull or something like if you got a bull with cows man uh, I just assumed to try to sneak in and do a little soft cow calling so and do you feel like do you feel like when that that bull is more apt to instead of go chase some cow that's 150 yards away try to wrangle one that's like gotten out to the 40 or 50 yard edge of his kind of harem you know yeah yeah i think so man it's it's like the whole uh, one in the hand two in the bush kind of thing but it's reversed like a bull is not going to leave two or three cows to come to you that one cow you know it's right. like it seems to me that it's in the nature of cow elk to uh, be you know together with other elk gregarious i think is the right term mm-hmm. right so I, I like so. uh that if there's a single cow and she hears a bull bugling and there's other cows with him she's going to come to them so that bull doesn't need to come to you mm-hmm. they want to sometimes but you know it would make more sense for the single cow to go group up with the others so that doesn't really work that well i think it works better well for sure we tried this some and uh, my dad he he loves to do the aggressive calling thing where you're bugling well okay you got you know a lady say you're a human or a bull elk it's okay to have a couple ladies right and some guy across the parking lot says hey come over here I'm gonna fight you and take those girls well you're just gonna get in your car and leave right and that's what (laughs) they do so it definitely doesn't like you're not gonna get an elk to like unless he's just like I don't know, has an attitude, which I guess happens sometimes. You're not going to get him to leave his cows to do much of anything, mm-hmm. okay? So me and my mom start sneaking up the hill, and we actually, like, I'm playing through the 2017 elk hunt the whole time because we're on a similar trajectory to something <laughs> you and I did, like where we encountered more elk. It was kind of crazy. But uh, as we're working our way up the hill trying to find these elk, we um, start counting the bugles and counting the bulls that are there, and... There are four bull elk on this hilltop bugling at each other. Golly. Like, none of them are humans. You can you can usually tell pretty good, you mm-hmm. know. Like, they're just making noises that only elk make. And oh, it was crazy, man. It's like the most elky pandemonium stuff I've ever been a part of. And finally, I kind of pinpoint where the closest one is and also which one the wind works out best for. And it's kind of veering off to our right, off my right shoulder. So I, I kind of whistle at my mom or got her attention some way and got her to come over with me and we're going to stalk in on this elk and hopefully one of us will get a shot well we start working through this little uh glade of aspens <laughs> you can't <laughs> you can't, stop, can't not dude. stay glade dude it's my favorite <laughs> but start working through this little patch of aspens um it's like those little like wrist size ones that are just real thick and they're about eight foot tall so um they're really good cover but at the same time, you can't see what's going on. So we start pushing through this on an elk trail, and we emerge on the other side real slowly, and I see a big blonde butt. And I'm like, oh, what is this? I turn around to my mom and say, 50 yards. And we scoot up just a touch, probably another five yards, just to kind of 
give ourselves shooting lanes and I start on really soft cow calls like like almost like herd talk like not that there's anything wrong or not hey come here to me just like uh, sounding like maybe a new cow who joined up you know what I'm saying like she's just just chilling comfortable yeah comfortable glad to be there kind of thing and he takes notice and the weird thing is man is right after I did those three little soft cow calls he lets out a bugle but it's very soft and quiet. It, it's the whole thing. It's not like he check bugled or made like a whine. It was a whole like, like that long and everything. But if you if I hadn't seen this bull do it, I would have thought he was 300 yards away. It was a weird thing. And I've never, I've never encountered that. Or at least I don't think I have. I always have just thought the elk were far away. But it kind of gives a new perspective on like, how they're using these bugles to communicate you know like i think that was like a hey ladies everything's cool you know like i'm here and i'm your big bad boy you ain't got to go nowhere and i'm not going to be real loud and scare you off i don't really know you know there's no way to know what they're saying but it was just something different something to note um and then i did a couple more cow calls this bull at 45 yards rakes a couple trees, real like, almost like that nameless buck did. Yeah. Where like he just real slow about kind of rubbing his antlers and some stuff. Yeah. And um, turns and kind of starts to kind of slowly just um, lumber. Like it's almost like he waltzed our direction. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, lumbering would be a good way to do it, but it's a little more graceful than that. He's kind of, they kind of like, you ever see like moose do their thing when yeah. they're coming in? They're swaying their heads. Elk seem to do that a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, he just like straight up coming right into us, but it's that slow. Like he, I think he was almost browsing as he was coming. In. You know, things get a little fuzzy uh-huh. when it's intense like that. But he's like kind of like messing around with some stuff on the way in, and it had been raining all day, so his antlers literally looked they had been like they had been spray painted jet black yeah yeah it was it dude i was like he looked like he was out of game of thrones or something like i was so (laughs) jacked and this elk is the biggest bodied bull i've ever seen in my life he doesn't have ginormous antlers but i gotta figure that he's just like one of those toe bodies kind of like the buck that we got on camera over here like just ginormous body and decent antlers and just a big mature bull you know Mm -hmm. he's a herd bull he's got cows with him and stuff and while this is going on, the whole reason all these other bulls are going cray is because there's a calf going, yeah, 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 yeah. Almost like, uh, I mean, she's on repeat the whole time, you know, missing mama or something. I think mama might have been boyfriending or something. And, yeah, yeah. You know, she wasn't around. But um, so this calf's got everybody hyped up. This bull hears us, and he's, you know, kind of just waltzing over to us. And... He goes behind one like little spruce or something. I can't really remember what tree it was. And I go to draw, and I do it twice, and I can't get my bow back. I'm like, what on earth is happening to me right now? Because like I pride myself on my strength a little bit, you know what I mean? And I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, right now I'm holding the full 71 pounds of this bow. I just can't get it over the valley. What's mm-hmm. happening? Well, ends up... In the effort to like stay still, I lift my feet square to the bull. So I'm trying to draw my bow into my chest, and you don't have enough like draw length to do that, right? right? Like it just doesn't work. But it's just one of those things where I need to do a better job of not, I didn't really lose control, but just like remember every little thing, you know, like square your shoulders around, draw. Well, as soon as I realized what was going on, turn my shoulders, just, you know, rock solid back. Sure. And he 
from there, like, actually, I had let down because I knew he was going to come through another gap. After I realized what I was doing, he went behind a bigger aspen that was pretty close to me. So I just drew back right there. He emerged from that aspen. I anchor my 30, release. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this sucker is dead. And he wasn't. Um, I misjudged the yardage pretty bad, actually. I think he might have been less than 20, which is strange. Like, when you think about, like, okay, bigger animal, you're going to assume they're actually closer than they really are. But I think I was overcompensating for, like, it's like, okay, he's big. He's he's a lot further away than what I'm thinking he is. So yeah. I kind of compensated the other direction. But I hit him left and right perfect. I mean, it would have been double lung if it wasn't a foot too high. Hmm. I hit this thing high shoulder, like a low spine. And it was almost to the point where I was surprised he didn't drop in his tracks. But instead, I got about eight inches of penetration. And my arrow was just hanging out of this bull side. And he's literally acting like nothing happened. I think I literally think he jumped from the noise of my bow, which is very quiet, but it was like dead calm, you know, um, of that or maybe of that or maybe like, you know, just the motion of the bow going off or even, you know, those, those mechanical broadheads make a noise when they hit the animal, you know, right. they slap back a little bit. But he literally did a 180, took two steps and was like, what's going on, guys? I don't understand what's happening. Just soaked it up, dude. Just straight up absorbed it and didn't give a hoot that that happened. And right as that happens, this baby calf run comes running at me and my mom <laughs> and locks up 10 yards right in front of us, kind of like, oh, I'm pretty sure in my way of taking my second shot at this bull. And my mom draws, and I, I, I whisper to her over my shoulder, it's a calf, do you want to shoot? Because she's never killed an elk, right? Like, and like this is a perfect opportunity for her, ten yards away, you know, to get a shot off and, and go great. Yeah. She thinks I say, "It's a calf. Don't shoot." Which, not what I said, and I kind of feel a little bit bad about that. But I wanted her to know what she was shooting. Right. You know, I didn't want her to be disappointed when she's like, "Oh, I shot a baby." You know, yeah. like which it's legal, but like I wanted her to know what it was. Right. Um, it would have been delicious, by the way. But <laughs> yeah. This calf, my, my mom thinks I say don't shoot, so she's holding full draw. We are not doing anything because we're frozen. We don't want to spook this calf because then the elk, the bull's going to run off with my air hanging out of it. Um, it. This calf proceeds to come in closer and ends up at about three yards from us. How big is a, is a calf this time of year? Uh, I would say 200-plus pounds, Yeah, but they're all legs, so they look pretty right. big. Right. Uh, it's bigger than most whitetails, right? Yeah. And it's at three yards. If I had my flower rod, I could have tickled its ear. Uh, that's how close it was. And it's broadside at this point looking at us. You know, like you can count the eyelashes on this thing. Dude, that's nuts. It was so cool, man. I told my mom later, it was like at that moment we were accepted on the mountain and we were just a part of what was happening. It's mm-hmm. not that we stalked in on these elk. It's like we were a part of the herd. Her dynamic. Yeah, it yeah. was really surreal. It was a surreal moment, especially like with – how ominous that bull looked with the like jet black horns and everything was kind of wet and you know how it is like when it just got done raining and it's not that like the sun is out but the sun is getting enough light through the clouds that the colors all pop that's kind of what it was like you know and everything was bright green and then there was the contrast of the yellow aspens like the aspens were turning at that moment 
and it was quiet. It was just a cool moment, except for the fact that I've got a bull with an arrow hanging out of it at like 40 yards right then. He then begins to do elk things, herd his cows around, and he goes to chase these cows. And at this moment, my confidence is zero on my yardage judging ability because I know exactly what happened, right? Whenever I hit high, like I knew it was a great shot that I executed and just didn't judge the yardage right. So mm-hmm. I uh, am trying to get my range, range finder to work and rain has fallen into the eyepiece. <sighs> so I can't see anything through my range finder. And in hindsight, I guess I probably should have just flung one, but I didn't want to, like, wound him worse. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I, uh, so I didn't. Ends up that he was about 60 at that yardage. So and when you, at this moment, do you feel like not lethal? Or how do you feel about the shot? I don't know if I have a feeling at yeah. that moment. Yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to kill the bull. You know, that's kind of how I, if he's not on the ground, then he's still alive. Is kind of how I look at things. You know, it's time to keep right. shooting. Um, I, and, but then after that happened, I kind of start to get a grip of what's going on because he's kind of far away and I don't have shots. Um, he uh, turns and he's kind of with these other cows. And I can see there's a little blood, but it's nothing like... I mean, the blood hasn't ran off his body yet at this point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's been two minutes, so it's like what it would ha- what would happen if you were shaving or something? You know, like it's just not a lot of <laughs> which did happen to me the other day. By the way. Really? Yeah. When'd you start shaving? Oh, uh, last year. <laughs> okay, actually. good. Right. Blood in me. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, it was you know at that point I'm thinking. Like I don't know, I don't, I didn't have this on video, you know, so it's not like it's like completely clear, but I'm thinking that it's that high shoulder shot where it's a bunch of like dense bone and muscle and there's nothing vital up there at all, right? And that's pretty much where it was. You can see, and if you don't know what he's talking about, you can kind of see an example of that similar shot because you explained it to me this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in our 2015 full-length season video on YouTube, uh, my buddy shot a deer. Is it on there? It's yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Frank shot's on yeah, there. Yeah, and so uh, my buddy shot a deer at 40 and hit uh, a little high. The deer jumped a little bit, and I think it was a little bit high anyway. And uh, that deer, we got, I got video of him in 2016. I mean, he's he was still alive and well. Not didn't even have a limp. Yeah. You know, so yeah, and it's the same kind of penetration, right? It's yeah, oh, a bit yeah. just different animals and different right. different weights of arrows, but same thing. Where like you barely got any penetration. You mm-hmm. know, and I think you either hit like a really solid spinal, you know, like a vertebrae or something that's tough, and you don't hit any spinal cord, or you like double punch two ribs. And on an elk, I mean, ribs are like. Golly, you know oh, yeah. the rib muscles are about the size of your shin bone. I, I mean, mean, it looks ribs, like a beef, bones. like a beef rib. Yeah, side of know? beef, you know. Yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, that I continue to chase that elk up the hill um, in like as sneaky a way as I can, and I end up with another shot opportunity at about fifty yards. That was straight up the booty, and I decided to just not do that because. I mean, you want to talk about a good way to wound something worse and not kill it, right? Or at least slow, painful death. I just don't think that's a shot you should ever take. Um, So passed on that, and there he he ended up like rolling up the hill pretty quick because I think at that moment I spooked some of his cows, and 
he was going wherever they went. So yeah. they rolled up the hill and uh, called my dad up. We uh, started doing a meow, meow, meow. Being like the the three fast sequence cow calls is the way to get um, somebody, you know, to come to you or whatever. Um, and so he comes up. We start, you know, kind of assessing the situation, tell him what happened. Uh, we start looking for blood. Pick up blood pretty quick because I knew where the last place he, I saw him was, you know. So went up there. It's definitely not gushing blood by any means you know it's like drop 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 and um wait that went for like 18 or 20 yards and it starts to drizzle a little bit more and we just lose the blood trail i'm like oh my gosh it's raining right now i wounded an elk and the blood trail's drying up this is like the worst scenario ever right like my heart was pretty down at that moment it was pretty tough to take like I, and I've been I mean I shoot a lot I like to shoot I feel like I'm a good shot uh, ethics of an animal matter to me especially like dude elk they're just like the supreme of respect for me I, it's kind of weird to have like a level of stuff like that you know but there's just maybe it's like anthropomorphism of some sort but they're just like so majestic and so cool I just hate the idea of wounding one mm-hmm. you know but at the same time, they're very tough, and I'm glad for that. Um, so I have to kind of suck it up and accept that um, we're going to have to go home and continue this in the morning. Go home, eat some house, feel better. Biscuits and gravy is the best mountain house ever, so get that <laughs> if you is. need to. Doesn't matter if it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, eat that. It is. Um, and ate that, got to feeling a little bit better about stuff, you know. Um uh, I don't really have confidence that I'm going to go back and find the elk, but I really want to go back and, like, put lay it to rest the fact that, you know, he's not dead. He'll be fine. Uh, at that moment, I would say I'm, like, probably 70, 30, 70, he's fine, 30. Maybe there's a chance that I killed him, you yeah. know? And I'm, I, I, I wouldn't have minded, like, showing up the next morning and him being dead right there. You know what I mean? But, uh, anyways, we... Uh, Got up the next morning and decided, I mean, my mom still has a tag, so we're going to, like, hunt our way in there because there was elk everywhere, right? Is this your last day that y'all are? Probably the last day of the hunt we go in. You know, like, the idea was to pack it up Friday and leave. And uh, after I shot that elk, I was like, you know, um, if we don't find anything today, tomorrow, which would be Friday, y'all go hunt the morning i'll pack up camp and we'll roll out as soon as you get back kind of thing you know just like and it's one of the things to be fair for my mom too i hate in 2016 it happened to her i shot an elk early and she had to dedicate like a day and a half of her hunt to get my elk which is it's just part of the camp thing and she's yeah. happy to do it you know but i just wish that it didn't have to be that way especially when it's with this situation and not you know something laying on the ground right but we what we call our way in don't hear anything uh, get back to the location that we last found blood. Look for like five minutes and do pick up blood again. And in like five steps from there, it's actually pretty good blood. So like my confidence is almost up that maybe I hit something vital on this thing. And so when you're thinking about uh, the vitals on an elk, only think about the heart and lungs being vitals, right? But there are other situations on any animal where there are other things you can hit that are vital, right? Like, mm-hmm. think about, you know, people, like, in war or whatever have 
injuries up in their upper thigh and die from that, you know, like it's that um, femoral or aorta or stuff like that. And I actually uh, killed my elk from two years ago. I actually hit high like that. And so it doesn't sound like I'm a very good elk shot, but I promise <laughs> <laughs> later you'll think that I'm a little bit better. Um, uh, I was hoping that maybe that happened, you know, or that I was actually low enough to get a little bit of lung. Um, walk up a little bit further and find the broke off end of my arrow and confirm that I have like eight inches of penetration and the blood on, on it is like not a bunch and it's not like lung blood, you know, it's just kind of like red, like almost like, you know, flesh wound blood. So that was kind of telltale there. Um, we actually continue to follow blood on this elk for close to 700 yards where I'm like, down on my hands and knees looking at little bitty specks on yellow aspen leaves and like following tracks for 10 yards and finding another speck of blood. You know, it's not like a straight up blood trail, you know, mm-hmm. I'm tracking the animal. Um, so that tells me right there, I didn't hit an artery, right? Cause he would have been dead within a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. They just pile up when they lose that much blood. And you got to think about how much blood is in an elk. I, I would, have to guess that there's like five gallons of blood in an elk. I don't really know, but it's like, I mean, when you skin one, you'll know. Finally get up that far. Um, actually end up running on, up on a dude who found my blood trail. An old Spirit guy. Spirit of the Woods. Spirit of the Woods, Ron, the man. Yeah, Was it something the woods like or the that. I don't know. They're one and the same, but <laughs> this old fellow, Ron, he was like in the woods, elk hunting, no backpack, no water. No call, just roaming around <laughs> in a green vest and some camo pants. Um, kind of crazy. Um, but he's up there getting after it, man. And uh, he kind of helped us blood trail for a little bit. And he was, um, at the time, I thought pessimistic. But I think he was being logical. Like, telling me, like, oh, you're not going to find that elk. You know, it's fine. I think he was trying to help me feel good. But yeah. Old guys sometimes aren't the greatest at the help you feel good. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at that moment, I wanted to hear like, "Nah, man, he's dead." You know, yeah, I like, found him up here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I thought that was gonna be happening. Hey, up here, you know. Yeah. But he was. I think he was trying to tell me like, "Hey, dude, that elk's gonna shake that off fine." Which everybody I talked to have has said that right. And yeah, he didn't thought, pull the. I found your elk blood trail. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. He didn't. <laughs> but he did whistle at me from five yards before I knew he was there. Like, oh, my gosh, who is this guy? <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Uh, so we, like, we're walking around blood trailing hardcore, like, just as focused as you can get. And Ron, like, before I knew he was Ron, or the spirit at that moment, just goes <laughs> and whistles at me from, like, five yards away and about fall out of my boots. <laughs> You know, because I'm just so keyed up trying to find this blood. Keto, you said? Yeah, keto. Mm-hmm. Blood's pretty keto. But um, <laughs> it's it's actually really, I probably found way more than most people would, like if you're blood trailing a deer at this moment, because the there was a ton of yellow aspen leaves on the ground, and like the blood was a sharp contrast to that, so it showed up like anywhere there was any blood, it mm-hmm. showed. Well... Um, Ron's kind of helping or whatever, doing his thing. And really, it's just like I'm kind of doing it and they're kind of helping me or, you know, or whatever. And, like, you don't really need a ton of help on a blood trail unless you can't see well until it runs out. And then at that moment, you know, you're grid searching. Well, we did this for, like, 700 yards, like I said. 
Ron kind of hung out for a while and then kind of drifted out, you know, like, I don't know if he shape-shifted or what happened, but he was gone, <laughs> and then um, uh, we followed Blood Trail for like another 20 or 30 yards and lose it for quite a ways, and I follow, I bet I tracked for about 40 yards at that point, and then suddenly I uh, came upon a rock that had quite a bit of blood on it, and from there... I followed his track. I could tell what his track was. He actually had a rear hoof that um, it was his left rear that the outside was a touch shorter than the inside. And I could tell it was his every time I saw it. And, um, I mean, I tracked that elk for another probably 100 yards and then lost the track and never saw any more blood. So from there, um, we, like, backtracked a bunch trying to find more blood. Never could find any more. And then we grid searched for, I don't really know how long, you know. We didn't, like, grid, like, 100 yards, I mean, 100 acres or anything. But we looked all around looking for any sign of a dead elk or blood or anything like that. Never could find anything else. And finally just kind of came to the conclusion that uh, I wounded an elk that um, we're hoping would be fine. You know, everybody I talked to said, oh, he shook that off. You know, they were like, most people I talked to were like, oh, he's fine. You know, don't even, like, you shouldn't even look for him kind of thing, you know. But I feel like I did, you know, the due diligence on the thing and, and look for him as much as I could. And um, I feel like he's still up there chasing cows around, herding stuff right now. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's fine. I have a lot of peace about it. It still kind of weighs on my mind some. You know, I just hate that he's not hurt bad. You know, they're tough, big old animals. But I just hate that, like, I did hit something. It's the first time it's ever happened to me. And I know people say the thing you both want long enough it's gonna happen you know well this was my happen you know mm-hmm. and i think from here on out it's my job to make sure it doesn't happen often or ever again you know but mm-hmm. it probably will sooner or later you know it's just a part of what we do you know my dad the whole time he uses the thing like hey, man if the indians have been there they'd have shot it in the butt and they'd shot seven times at that thing you yeah, know and i think i hinted at that the other day when did we were you talking uh kind of the same thing like you know ethics like what what did the Indians do, man? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I think it's a, a good point, but at the same time, like, um, I don't know. We can go to the grocery store and buy chicken right. if we want to. I'm right. pretty sure we yeah. had this exact. Yeah. This was the last podcast. I think so. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's kind of there, and yeah, we want to take on the meat, but we don't have the same implications that, like, natives did when they had to kill stuff, right? And right. We don't have seven days to track a wounded animal until it dies of infection and then eat the rest of the meat. Like, it's just not how it works for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it kind of stinks. But, at that point, in my mind, I'm I'm doing the whole... And I, I haven't... I, I may have even kind of denounced this in the past. I don't really remember, but I've never been one of those kind of guys who says, Oh, if I ever wounded an elk, I'm, I'm punching my tag. I'm done. You know, I never really kind of went down that path in my mind. I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, I, I'm sure it kind of was going to be a situational kind of thing. And it's funny because this elk, like I was pretty sure it's fine. It's not like I hit him in the guts and knew he was going to die and just didn't find him, you know. It was just a... Muscle hit. Uh, yeah, it was just a you know, non-lethal hit. But I still just didn't... I didn't have the drive to shoot another elk at that moment. You know, I didn't really want to pick up and go hunt again. I actually, we after we kind of conceded, we... Uh, um, 
sat down, ate a snack, like a lunch thing, and I lay down, took a nap, and all I was really thinking about is how I wish I was at home just with my wife, you know? I've never felt that way ever on the mountain, Mm -hmm. you know? Never had that feeling of, I'm tired of this, let's go. Yeah, I was telling your mom that was, because she was talking about that to me yesterday, and I was like, man, that's weird, because... I'm usually the guy that's like ready to go get a warm hotel room or something, you yeah. know. And yeah, it was a it was a weird feeling for me, man. But I mean, it's just I don't know. That's a that was a big deal. It still is a big deal, you know. I, I hate that it happened, but uh, we all sat around there kind of as a family. We did a lot of napping that day, actually, because what we decided was well, I didn't decide anything. I was just ready to lay down and quit, but. Um, my mom and dad decided like that would be the best place to be for elk is to stay in that spot you know and so if you go to walking around too much uh you're going to be out of the area where all the elk were so we just decided to kind of stay put and wait around um and nap which was great you know there's nothing better whenever you're kind of down the dumps to just take a big nap yeah um we watched some squirrels do some funny things so that was cool um there's like four squirrels in this hole inside of a tree kind of made me feel better a little bit because you know at the end of the day squirrels squirrels are still doing their thing no matter if i wounded elk or not so (laughs) it doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things but um uh we were napping and all of a sudden like oh my gosh like and it took us about 45 seconds to go from like sleeping to up and mobilized trying to get my mom a shot at this bull and there was this younger bull with two cat, I mean, I'm sorry, two cat, uh, two cows that snuck riding on us. So we were in the right spot, you know. Like they were probably 75 yards away when he bugled. I don't know why he bugled still. I don't. I think he's young and in, in, inexperienced. But if I was a bull in his position, I'd be quiet. You know, like <laughs> yeah. somebody's gonna come take those girls from you. Yeah. And uh, we try to cow call at him, try to get him, and um, he just could not leave those cows. So he was, like, doing the whole, like, indecisive thing. Like, he'd take a step forward and then step back and look at those cows and do that. He did, like, three or four times. And finally, he just left with the cows. Um, They had no concern with, like, sticking around to see what was making that noise. You know, they had a place they were ready to go, and they were going there. Uh So um, he left. But that kind of got our spirits up a little bit, kind of got my juices flowing to touch more again. And I was having a little bit of fun. That's still down in the dumps. We sat back down, and my mom and me sat next to each other for a while, and she was trying to cheer me up and talk to me, make me laugh and stuff. We were throwing sticks at my dad while he's asleep. Um, and uh, she says, all right, I want you to promise me something. If we have another encounter, if I can't shoot the elk, I want you to shoot the elk. She doesn't have a lot, near as much range as I do, you know. And uh, she's like, if it's out of range or if I can't shoot for some reason, I want you to shoot. I said, all right. I'll do it, you know, kind of begrudgingly and figuring, okay, we have, like, less than a half day left in the hunt. Like, it's yeah. fine. I'll agree to this, whatever. Just get a, get away from me kind of thing, you know. <laughs> like, I just want to be alone. Yeah. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so so I agreed to that. And we're sitting around. We probably sit for another hour and uh, just all kind of laugh at stuff. Oh, in this time period, Ron walks by and doesn't know we're there again. <laughs> Um, uh, it's been like four hours since we'd seen him, and he walked by like 60 yards and kind of cruised through the woods. We just watched him. and uh, The spirit in passing. Yeah, the spirit passed, man. And then uh, <laughs> it, was, it was funny. The ghost we were all, of Christmas past. We were kind of laughing, you know, like not saying anything. You know, like that quiet laugh you do in the woods where you just like head bob, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, 
at about, I guess, 5.30 or so, we decided to get up and kind of work our way up where those elk had come from or where they'd went to. And also, that's kind of back towards the vehicle. So I'm thinking, okay, let's go back to the vehicle. I'm ready to go home. Let's go. Well, well, we're calling along as we go. It's kind of what we do sometimes. We cow call as we're walking. And, you know, I am kind of back in the mood to have more elk encounters, at least, you know, try to get my mom a bull or something. And, and just, it's just, it's still like there's something sentimental about hearing a bugle and do it like, I kind of always do this thing where, like, when I know the hunt is over, I, like, let out a couple bugles that's kind of more of uh, <clears throat> it's more of Casey bugling than Casey trying to sound like an elk bugling, if yeah. that makes sense. It's kind of like my, like, I was in the woods kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's kind of weird and a little bit macho kind of thing, but, like, I don't know. It's just something about standing there and letting out your last couple of elk bugles. It, it's kind of a good closing or yeah. closure for yourself you know to a it's hunt neat. um i never it's kind of i just now realized i kind of do that you know i never really thought about it but uh-huh. it's there there's a moment when it shifts mentally to i'm bugling just to bugle at this point um might annoy other hunters if they're around <laughs> but but i do it uh so i do that we hear a or like a, it wasn't even like that elky of a sound it was a more here and we thought it was Ron again. So this is in response to your last bugles? Uh-huh. or Yeah, uh, one of the bugles. Uh, we didn't know what it was. It didn't sound like an elk. I don't know if it was an elk. But I look at my mom and dad, and my dad goes, hmm? And I kind of look at him like that, and he, said, and he points up there and says, Ron. So he thought that it was him whistling at us again. So we're kind of, now we're like really like, all right, we're just on our way out of here because there's another dude over here. And um, we walk up another 15 or 20 yards, and I hit a couple cow calls. I don't know why. I'm just kind of making noise. It's just really, if I was going to be honest, I think I was playing things up a touch for my mom, trying to not let her know I'd given up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I look to my right, and here comes a bull trotting at 35 yards <laughs> right to us. And I'm like, what on earth? And I go, bull left. I mean, right. <laughs> I'm real bad at getting left and right wrong My whenever wife I, is too. I'm like in a pressing situation. So, but all it took was say, to say anything and they knew to look for something. And he was pretty apparent where he was. You know, it wasn't like a don't look around. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so. My mom's frantically getting an arrow knocked because we don't walk around with arrows knocked. You know, that's um, dangerous. And I, a guy in the industry actually got hurt this year doing that, I believe. Really? Um, yeah. And uh, so I was really kind of careful about that while we're up there. So she's getting arrow knocked, and this bull is coming in. She's going to get a shot at like 20 yards. It's like unreal if this is happening at this moment. My mind is blown because we're about. I mean, we're a 15-minute walk from the vehicle at this point, and it's like 30 minutes left in daylight, or, or maybe a little more. I don't know. But this bull is coming in. My mom is getting – she's drawn, okay? Um, he stops behind some spruce trees, and I feel wind on our necks. And that's like the worst thing as an elk hunter that you can ever hope for, right? Because <clears throat> elk – think with their noses it's just straight up that's what they use to get around that's what they use to detect predators and everything and 
wind on your neck means that it's blowing right to the animal you're looking at. And he locks up, stands there for 10 seconds, wheels, and goes to head out. He's not, like, straight up, like, hauling butt, but he's he's done. You know, like, he knows that that's not a cow elk. And that's a smell like a human. Well, he trots out. I go hard, like a real nasally cow call. And he stops and turns in his broadside and looks at us. And I, I draw at the time I make this noise, so I'm at full draw whenever he stopped. And I say to my dad, and I don't even think I whisper, I say, how far? And my dad goes, shoot him. And I just let loose, dude. <laughs> like, it wasn't even like, he didn't give me a number or anything. He just shoot him. <laughs> so, all right. Squeeze the trigger. I don't think I've ever shot a more true arrow. What pin do you use? 50-yard pin. Used 50-yard pin. Settled that sucker. Um, actually... If I was going to, like, straight up tell you what I remember, I looked at the pin that I thought was the 50-yard pin. So I know my 50-yard pin is a green pin, and uh-huh. I found a green pin towards the <laughs> middle of my sight picture and shot. Now, I only have three green pins. One is a 70, one's a... Uh, 30? Nah, I think it's a 20. I think they're backwards at the top for some reason. So 20, 50, and 70 is a green. So <clears throat> pretty much if I find the green in the middle, it's the 50. Uh-huh. Um, so anchored that, and this arrow flies straight and true, and I see this thing bury in the side of this elk. Like oh, straight <clears throat> up, like ten ring this sucker. Right through, like right on that spot where the dark hair meets the light hair on the front shoulder. His shoulder's back as opposed to forward. Uh-huh. So it's like that's where the sweet spot of the lungs is. Yeah. And I'm about a touch lower than halfway up the body, which, uh, I mean, it just was, I just ripped him, man. My dad, as soon as I shot, he goes, You stuck that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, if you know my dad, he's pretty even keeled, right? Yeah. Like my dad doesn't get too juiced about things very often or anything. And he is like so hot right now going crazy and we see that elk just take off and i know i'm like oh my gosh after all that after the stinky day that i had today i just killed an elk and at that moment my mom started crying and i was like oh no she's gonna be mad at me or whatever and she's probably gonna be mad at me for telling you she's crying but i think like you know, women are a different type of emotional than we are, and it was a very emotional experience for me. And at that moment, it was just so many things balled up. She thought she was going to get to shoot the elk. I ended up shooting the elk. She was super stoked for me, really sad she didn't get to. Long hunt, you know, last day of the hunt. We've had this long blood trail thing, and I think it was just too much. You know, it was overwhelming. I mean, I was choked up, you know. It's kind of how I get when I shoot almost anything, really. Um, mm-hmm. It's, you know, taking a life and, like, especially something that you've worked hard to get like this. It's pretty tough to uh, to put into words, and sometimes it's just like you need a little moment. But uh, <clears throat> after that, we walk up there and look at where he was standing, look back where we were, get everything lined out, and there's no blood, which I'm like, okay, what the crap. Um, but then I think about it, I'm like, okay, most animals I've ever hit in the lungs, nameless is the same way. Like, you're going to not have blood for a few steps, especially if they take out fast, right? Right. And that's exactly what this elk did. Like, you hit them in the lungs like that, they're going to be bleeding out their mouth mostly. So 
uh, about five yards from that place, started finding blood. Five yards to that, find an arrow that's covered in lung blood, you know, good bubbles and everything, and it's a lot of blood. And we just pretty much have a blood trail for 40 yards. <clears throat> and I'm still looking down. My dad goes, are those antlers? Are those horns? <laughs> I don't remember which one he said. And I swear he did like three jumping jacks, dude, like <laughs> up and down. <laughs> and we look up, and right behind one of these little, I think they're little juniper bushes, but I'm not sure, um, there's a crown sticking up. And I can tell it's kind of weird. I think he's a seven at this point, but ends up – he ends up being a six foot six, um, but he's kind of got like a common base thing going on on, on his uh, fours and fives, which it's. I mean, he's a really cool looking elk. But yeah, we uh, walk up there and there he is, expired man, and it's just. I was just in total shock because, you know, of all that went down and this. This was a crazy hunt. I had so many encounters, probably more than I've ever had before. You know, and. I think I talked on the last podcast that, like, I was really wanting a more wild experience than what I was having, you know. But, man, I, I sustained some success, you know. And it's, yeah. it's kind of weird. And what was weird, too, is that, like, I was maybe a touch. Uh, I don't know. I enjoy hunting with my parents for certain reasons. And then there's other parts that I don't like as much because they're slower than I am, which is just that's just the way it is, you know. It's not that they can help it. They're, they're a, lot older, a lot older than I am, and it's cool that they get out and do it. And I was kind of sometimes frustrated with that, I think. But you look back and think about how much success we had and how many animals we saw, and it might be like I was learning to be slower, right? you know, and learning to slow down and not be so aggressive with my calling and think about what's happening and, and really kind of take in the woods. So yeah. I don't know. It's just it's pretty cool. The One of the coolest things about that whole trip is that, like, I literally – my dad was over my left shoulder, and my mom was right next to me on my right when I shot that elk. And that, like, never happens for anybody right. with any, you know, much less your parents or any hunting buddy, right? Like, yeah. how often is somebody going to be standing right next to you and watch the arrow fly? Yeah. You know? Man, that's cool. It was pretty sweet, man. Pretty cool. <sighs> well, congrats, man. I appreciate it, dude. I just... Wish you were there, man. I know. Me too, man. I I just told I told somebody earlier, I just don't... Didn't realize what how good elk hunter you were, I guess. Cause I, <laughs> I don't know like, if I'm that good. I was one for three on this trip. <laughs> well, you're all over them, man. Yeah. That's for sure. I just, I don't know. I, I, Not that I didn't think you were going to get it done or whatever, but I just thought, man, it's just such a hard deal to do. OTC, DIY in Colorado, you sure. know. I mean, well, I mean, it's not that you have a responsibility to be there with me, you know. It's yeah. just like you, I know, just, you had things you needed to get done as well, and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Yeah, you know? I know. I just... Now, now I'm definitely like regretting it huge, you know. But <laughs> well, like, if I'd have came home empty handed, it'd been if, a different deal. Yeah, right? I mean, f- for sure that would have been, you know, if it had been like last year. I mean, we did call one in, but you know, yeah. if if there's something similar had happened, we, I'd probably been like, yeah, it's about about on par with what I remember from last year, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. But sure, man, it's uh, unfortunate that I didn't get to be there filming the whole thing, especially you know. I know your dad <clears throat> tried to help out quite a bit on the camera and stuff, and I'm sure it would have been better if I'd have just been the camera guy and you know had you guys y'all y'all were able to kind of interact a little more than what you probably did when he had a camera in his hand yeah. or whatever. So <laughs> it's funny too, uh, and I'm sure I'd been this way in the past at some point, but like my parents not used to being on camera at all. So like, um, it's not that they're like 
I can tell your mom didn't want to be on oh, camera. Sometimes she was like, my makeup, like, stop. We're freaking <laughs> hunting. Get it over yourself. Um, and then, like, sometimes they would, like, do, like, silly things that are, like, it's all, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, mm-hmm. like, they just do something kind of weird on the camera or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, man, we had a good time. That's it was, cool. I mean, I think that was probably the coolest part. It's just the fact that I did that with my parents, man. Yeah. Like, I'm almost 30. My parents are in their 50s, and we're out climbing mountains together. Yeah. Like, pretty cool oh yeah for sure man I, and we i'm gonna be putting together that that video and there's there's not a whole lot of kill shot to it so if you want to see kill shot then you might not want to watch it but if you want to see some pretty cool things happen with family members and just in the mountains yeah. you know elk hunting it's definitely got some i could i just i've run through the clips and put them in a project so far and i hadn't really got to edit it but i could just i got to watch some of it and it's it's cool, man. It's really cool to cool. see. So. Well, I'm glad it's going to turn into something, man. And uh, sorry if there's too much Duke footage in there that I have to go through, but <laughs> Dodge has a film of feet too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially for the orange boots that he wears. Yeah, yeah. Cassie but, doesn't like them, does nah, she? No, she doesn't, man, yeah. but I love them. I, think, I, I mean, they're lucky boots now, dude. Yeah, got, I got blood on them. But, yeah, it was a good trip, man. But I'm glad to be back, you know, um, Seven-day elk hunt's long, you know, especially yeah. when it takes nine days total because we're traveling and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I still was ready to get home even after I killed the elk, you know, like it's... Oh, yeah. Um, but <laughs> we actually stopped at the hotel on the way home, and there were, like, no rooms available in this whole town, <laughs> man. We spent, like... Thir- I was supposed to call you on the phone and tell you the story. Yeah. And we spent, like... 45 minutes looking for a hotel like we're an hour <laughs> different so i was like i'm not calling tyler at 11 30 yeah i probably yeah. didn't have the service to get yeah i anyway. imagine not so but. um did that thing and then made it on home man yeah it was a long trip but glad to be here and what's crazy is that this is the first time it's ever happened but deer season is the weekend after we get back from colorado so i've got like four days to like recompose myself and be ready to hunt whitetails yeah crazy it's coming quick dude it is i'm excited especially after what we saw tonight man (laughs) you know we pulled pulled a couple we pulled a couple trail cameras and most of them were pretty lackluster or i guess the couple of them were and one of them was pretty good yeah yeah it was it it was pretty good there's actually a really cool series (laughs) of pictures there were deer fighting on it I think there's three bucks involved in that. Just fighting in September. Yeah. I don't understand. I I guess their testosterone's up and rolling. You know, they got the antlers are hard and they're, it's over a scrape. So it's like, and this is a cool thing. Like, this is a neat little deal we did. Like, we went in there for a trail camera check and on the way out found a scrape. And I always try to keep a camera in my backpack and I need to actually put another one in there because we use that one and put it. And put it on that scrape whenever we were headed out, um, you know, kind of just as an impulse kind of deal. And lo and behold, best pull we had all day. We only got to check three cameras, but still definitely the best pull. Like, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> we thought that was our plan for opening morning until yeah. we saw what we saw tonight. Holy smokes. Solid, solid, solid deer. Solid. Black. <laughs> I'll, I I can't. I'm gonna have to look at some pictures again before I can make any statements here. But 
a toad, and I was just when we thought he was doe, a doe, you know, like yeah. looking at well, far him, away, you know, it's hard away. to tell, and not not a lot of deer have big necks right now. They're yeah, still working that's, on that. That was the main know? issue, I think. Yeah. And there was two of them, so we were like, "Yeah, it's a doe and a fawn mm-hmm. or whatever." And instead, it was a monster buck and a, I think a littler buck, but Dang. it was just like we were shocked. So we're gonna try to formulate a plan for that, I guess. And uh, unfortunately, I booked a gig for Saturday <laughs> night, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hunt the morning and get out and head back and try to get back to play the gig. I'm playing guitar for a guy, so. I didn't realize it was opening day when I booked it because it's September, you know. Yeah. We never really hunt in September here, so uh, apparently it is. <laughs> and so I only get a morning out of it. You might be able to steal an afternoon, though. I don't know what your plans are. I don't know either yet. I haven't really thought much about it. We're going to kill him that morning, so yeah. it'll be fine. I hope so, man. <laughs> That'd be cool. God, really, I, wouldn't it? I mean, last year we tried. I tried for it. I think you had a gig last year, too, or something. I didn't hunt opening day. I do know yeah, that. I remember that. Uh, last year's opening day wasn't bad weather, and this year's not going to be either. But um, September deer aren't something we get to do much in, in Texas, so mm-hmm. that would be a cool experience, I think. Yeah. And a great start on the year. Because today we actually sat down and kind of filled out our year-long list of what we're gonna, all the hunts we're going to be doing. I'm a little scared, really. <laughs> That's a lot of hunting. I know, dude. <laughs> a lot of traveling. I, I know. I'm excited. Yeah. I, which you, you've you been traveling, so it may be. But for me, I'm just like so amped up and ready right now because I haven't been able to go anywhere. I've been sitting here on my hands in the blistering humidity yeah. of Texas. Well, so. I've got a house to finish Oof. this week or this month, and I think I have recruited the host of the show to come. <laughs> Help me out a little bit over here. So, uh, Ooh, TJ and I, I are going to get a chance to uh, get our hands dirty and yeah. get this house finished up. We so. might just podcast every day. Though we just might do it. <laughs> <laughs> might start a woodworking podcast while hey, we're yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> I could, I definitely would have to be the co host. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, if you didn't know, we gave away a couple Onyx memberships. And a Exodus Trek trail camera. That's right. And for some different promotions we did with the Nameless film. Um, you can go check out. We did a Facebook Live video, and that's on our, our Facebook page. Go check that out and see if you're one of the ones that won that. I think we've had two of the three prizes claimed now. So yeah. um, go see if that's something you're on. If you haven't watched Nameless, go check that out because I know Tyler put a ton of work into that film, and him and I both are really proud of how it turned out. You know, me being the film and filmer, and he of course being the hunter so uh go check out nameless and and uh leave us a comment let us know if you liked it and and share it on facebook or something like that if you really like it yeah absolutely and and be looking for this elk video as well um and man i thought there was something else uh that i was looking at putting out soon but we've been we've done a couple of reviews here lately some plcs we're gonna have a plc PLC from from today today. yeah so um all this should be hitting pretty soon here and um Hopefully, we'll have a big buck down after this weekend. We'll talk about it. So I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. But, uh, man, thank you all for listening. Thanks for all the great reviews uh, or the great comments that you've given us on YouTube and all the shares. Man, we had almost 200 shares on Facebook. That's pretty cool, man. That's outrageous, man. So thank you all for that. Uh, be looking for some more uh, happenings like that where we might do some giveaways. So hopefully that will be happening soon. But, uh we appreciate that it means a ton to us Um, God bless you guys and remember this is your element 
living it. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. 